You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Run It Back. Welcome back to Run It Back. I am your host, the Jasmine Halliburton, and joined with me is none other than special guest, Miss Wildcat 919 herself, Sophie Dilly. Everyone, a round of applause for Sophie Dilly coming on the show, being clutch as she is. Sophie, thank you for coming on the show today. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here and talk to you for what feels like the first time in forever. I know, right? Like, girl, we used to be talking sports like once a week, every damn week. All right, but. You still in school? I'm out of school in the working world. And <laughs> girl, it's hot out. It's hard out here. It's hard. Out <laughs> I here. believe. But you ain't gotta worry about that. And now y'all gotta worry about that because now this is the time for us to put all that behind us and only talk about sports. Because Sophie, K State volleyball just ain't stopping. They not stopping. Our K State women's basketball team is just getting started and don't look like they can be slowed down. But I know we'll get to that when we get to that, because boy, I'm about to lose my damn mind when we do. But first, but first, we gotta give we gotta give our flowers to our K State women's volleyball team, like I have been doing, and like we all been doing this entire season. Because bro, Sophie, like I don't even remember the last time they like kind of dropped a set. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, or even dropped a set at home. Rather, I mean, like the last time they lost was against KU, but. I can't remember the last time they lost at home, Sophie. Like, yeah, at all. They've been people's behinds at home. Now, I don't think they've dropped a set, and I don't really know how long. Yeah, I read that it was uh, five straight home sweeps and three straight sweeps overall. So they're absolutely rolling at home, but they're just dominating on the court right now. And that new Morgan Family Arena is obviously doing a little something for them. I'm telling you, because... I know they've talked they've talked to me about the home atmosphere, how like they like, you know, they liked playing in Bramblage, but I mean, it was a basketball arena. There's there's a, there's a whole lot of echo in there. But now when you have Morgan Family Arena, it's all tight. I haven't been I have not been there yet because I don't live in Manhattan anymore, but I plan on it in the near future. But that type of I guess what's the word I'm looking for? Strength or I don't know what I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but the word where they are obviously in the better for it of being at yeah. home and things like that. They have they have that benefit of this new stadium of like the lights flashing, the music blaring. You obviously you going. It's it's a different sort of monster when they're at the morgue and it's turned into a place where ranked teams go to be put in the cooler. They get to be put in the fridge because every ranked team that has stepped in there so far outside of nebraska who's literally number one in the country right now all right push that to the side outside of them ain't nobody been able to walk up in there walk out of there alive essentially okay no no one's been able to do that and they took care of business against texas tech and sophie before we get a little bit more because there's a lot of things we know how good this team has been this season but nothing is set in stone about them going to the ncaa tournament right when we get before we get into that i'll read off a couple stats of course it was a straight sweep against Texas Tech. Game one, swept. Game two, swept. Literally held Texas Tech to a .093 hitting percentage in the first game and then 153 hitting percentage in the second game. Honestly, they literally just packed them up. 
Okay. They they packed him up. Swoosh, swoosh, bada, yada, yada, bada, bing, bada, boom. There was senior day. So shout out to all our seniors. And also Leah Carter, who is probably not going to come back next year, which really breaks my heart. But still, she's going out with a bang. She had 17 kills first game, then 11 kills in the second one. But like I said, everybody, everybody packed them up. Okay. Okay. Like K-State unpacked uh, Texas Tech up. Okay. But move on to the next one. They play another ranked team in Houston, but this one is going to be on the road. And K-State has not had the greatest record on the road this season. I think they are like, what, four and five on the road overall? Either way, I think they have a losing record on the road. And this is against another ranked team. But, Sophie, I was looking up, like, RPI, the likelihood of K-State being able to get to the postseason. And, honestly, I don't know. I, I truly don't know. Considering, like, the last, what? Like, what, 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 Sophie, you said, like, they had some sort of streak going that they, and it, it's been a dominant, a dominant streak. But mm-hmm. I don't know if that's going to be enough for them to to get to the postseason. Yeah, there's been a, a couple of really tough losses that I think are almost overshadowing our really powerful wins. You know, we have all of these top 25 wins, but we dropped the game against Oklahoma. We dropped the game against Cincinnati and then against Lipscomb in um, the non-con. And so those games have pushed our RPI way down. And I think we're sitting somewhere in the 50s in RPI, which seems shocking. And then obviously... In terms of AP polls, we're not ranked. We received um, 14 votes, but we're sitting about 33rd in those polls. And so on paper, you would think, wow, Kansas State should go. But when you start digging into the nitty gritty of these numbers, it really could be a battle because who knows if if their RPI will really push them and Houston will be a very telling game and might be the make or break if K-State goes to this tournament. And that's what scares me because I hate that it has to come to this. I really do because like you like because Sophie you did bring up the really bad losses like obviously Lipscomb, um, OU, even though I don't uh, Cincinnati and I don't know if I want to add UCF in there because when we played UCF they were undefeated in the Pick Twelve but then <laughs> ever since they've gone on I guess a really bad stretch and they have lost like six straight or something like that so now they're behind us in the in the Big Twelve standings but I mean yes you talk about those losses tough losses. But I mean, when you look at the wins, like, yo, they're not just like wins, like in five sets or anything like that. Five set battles. These are sweeps. So you're literally like you swept Texas. You swept BYU. I mean, this, I mean, you went, you went five against KU in the, in game one. Of course, they got sweeped in game two, but at least like, can we look at some sort of fight and dominance that they had had against these ranked teams? Something. I hate that it might have to come down to Houston, their final game of the season, when I think they deserve to go into the postseason. Yeah, that's hard for me, too. And I'm a little bit nervous because it is that road game. Houston's ranked 22 right now, um, and it's only one night. And so that's hard to say. Sometimes it's easier to have just one night of games instead of two. Um, But I guess we'll see. And what really sticks out to me that I think should push them over the edge is the fact that they swept BYU on back-to-back nights because that's so hard to do. Everyone thought BYU would come back and be so strong after getting swept and embarrassed in Manhattan. And then they came back on Saturday and did the exact same thing. And so to me, that's very telling of the strength and resilience of this team. But I just don't know if um, it will be looked at in that light in terms of if they make it to the tournament or not. And that's unfortunate. I mean, 
I I don't I honestly I'll be honest with you I don't fully know what goes on to what team gets selected and what gets and, and who gets left off when it comes to like the bubble and I don't know I don't know where that gap ends so you can be like you know really really good or like really good and like right there but like the back end of it the bubble teams I don't I don't know what more you want to ask of this K-State team I mean like even if even if they do beat Houston this weekend it's still not going to be guaranteed and that kind of surprises me I'm like I don't know what else has to go into it is it because like this is a this is a first year head coach I mean will they will they take that into account it will like will that do anything? I know we'll probably won't have any like we won't probably won't host any of the tournament games, even though that would be crazy because obviously that home environment has been really helping. But I I don't know, and it makes me nervous. And I know I was looking more into like the RPI and the list, and and Sophie, you're right. We're in, like we're ranked at like 57 from the site that I looked at. We're 57th in our in the RPI, and there are seven teams ahead of us in the big 12 and we beat all but one of them. And the other one is Houston who we will play on Saturday. I'm come on. Exactly. <laughs> like, like, it's right in front of you. Like, okay. Like we beat a, literally a majority of the teams that's in front of us in the RPI, but yet we still don't know where we're going to fall. I don't like that. Yeah. It's, it's hard because the big 12 is so powerful. In volleyball, especially, we have the NCAA reigning champs. We swept them, so yeah, our resume is so so good. How how what else can we really even do to convince somebody to let us into that tournament? I think K State has done just about everything that they can do, aside from just a couple of losses. But every team goes through that. I mean, hopefully, hopefully this will be recently. You know, it's chosen by recency bias. I know me, I'm like not a fan of recency bias, but right now I'd be a really huge fan of recency bias. And I'm just saying the last like month and a half, K's yeah. they've been running this mess. They've been running it. And that's got that still has to be taken account of. And I know like that game and like that game versus um Oklahoma, that first game where I honestly thought we were gonna win. Uh I think what was that? Eight? I don't know, eight, nine games ago already? Um, that's where we kind of switched from going to, um, or going from a, what it was a six, six, one to a five, two, I think is where we switched it, where we switched it up at. Well, I want to say after that, after that first game against Oklahoma, and then from that point on, obviously it's been working out, but I don't know. I really don't know. So and this makes me nervous, but all, all we can do. It's just sit down at 2 p.m. on Saturday and pray that the results go our way and then do the exact same thing the next day when it's Selection Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love the idea of us playing in that tournament because we have the roster to win some games. And I want to go on a national stage and prove a little something about K-State women's sports and K-State volleyball in general. And then it would just look so good for Jason Mansfield as well. So I'm crossing my fingers that we get chosen because like I say once we go I think we could do some damage down there I absolutely agree because like you gotta you gotta respect you gotta respect us you like you can't tell me you like you're not looking at the last 10 games of the season and you're really looking what I considered before that 10 games like stretch started to be like the meat 
of the season. Like all the ranked teams that we had, all where we had obviously like you know Iowa State, we had uh, Baylor. You know that was a little earlier in the season, but then at that point you did have PYU twice, you did have Texas, you did have KU twice. I'm like, and then of course you now have Houston. If things go our way, fingers crossed. I'm like, come on, this is a team that you don't really want to mess with like that. And these are wins that were incredibly dominant. Like Texas and BYU didn't win a damn set. Like they didn't win a damn set. There is, there's no any team that have been, or at least I don't know. I haven't looked deep through uh, Texas roster. I think they only, yeah, I don't think they were swept at all this season. And I don't know about BYU, but. These are obviously two teams that don't lose a lot, <laughs> all right? And to lose like they did, that's, that's rare. That's rare to right. me, and that's something that has to be taken into account when it comes to Selection Sunday. I, hey, I, I spoke my piece. I spoke my piece. Sophie, you spoke yours. And we really, really, really hope whoever is on that selection committee just do right by us. That's all we ask. That's, that's all right. we ask. Be fair. And do right by us because we got the material. We got the players. All right. We have the coach to make to make something shape. That's all I'm saying. But before we go into break, we got to hit a little bit of something, something. Home Field Black Friday sales has already started and it ends on the 26th. So you know what that means? That means 20% off on the entire site with the code Black Friday. You're not going to want to miss this huge Black Friday deal We'll be right back on Run It Back. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Welcome back to Run It Back. I am your host, Jasmine Halliburton, and joined with me is none other than Sophie Dilly. Now, Sophie, we talked about, you know, K-State volleyball, you know, they they run in this mug. We talked all, all season long. They've been like that, especially as of late. But K-State women's basketball, I've, I've talked about it a lot. I've, talk, I've talked about them a lot. Like, they, this is something serious. This is something damn serious. And uh, last year, obviously making a nice, good run in the WNIT in that season, started off with beating uh, number two Iowa as well. But, you know, maybe some people are like, you know what, that was kind of a fluke. It was a close game. You know, just like Kaylin Clark was held under 30 points and rarely at all last season. You're like, you know what, maybe it was just a fluke. Maybe it was just, you know, they probably won't do it again. Well, baby! They done did it again. They did it again. And I'm just, I, I see, I, I told y'all, I told y'all that I, if they beat number two, Iowa, that I would open this window that's right across from me and scream to the heavens. Now I feel like the butthole if I did that at 630 at night on a Monday, but that doesn't mean I won't do it eventually. But if I do do it, someone's going to call the cops and I don't want to go to jail. But anywho, just know in spirit that I would have definitely done it. But this, this felt better than last season's beating, beating number two last season, Sophie. I had it like, I know last year was like a, a one point game and it came down to shot clock violation. Uh, I know Gabby like kind of went up, hands up, but they thought that she fouled her, but she did like she fouled her, but that was after the buzzer. And everyone was looking around like, okay, did we win? Did we win? Boom, we won. And that's when everybody started to go crazy, right? But, and that was that was in front of not a lot of people at Bramlage, which I really hate that not enough people was able to witness that. But this year was something different, Sophie. It was very different. Yes. Not only were they playing, last year, I think what Iowa was number four. This year... I was number two. They were in the national championship game where they lost against LSU. And the Cats were playing on the road. And if y'all know, last season, they were a horrible road team. They were they were 0-11 on the road all, all last season. They was, they, was, they was cheeks on the road. <laughs> so for them to be able to go in there in Iowa City and probably be most terrifying places to play on the road because they love themselves some women's basketball over there i re- absolutely 1000 percent respect it but that's intimidating go over there and once again playing against caitlin clark and number two i but, but they pack i'm sorry not a, they did not look scared sophie this has to be the biggest win in my eyes in my entire time being a k-state fan sophie yeah, it was huge. And and like you said, obviously the thing that sticks out the most is the fact that we were on the road in such a hostile environment. And you said it, um, Iowa is a, an extremely tough place to play. They packed it. And last year playing in the national title, it, it just makes it so much more exciting to be there for those fans. But Jeff Mitty said in his press conference last night, he went into Iowa thinking that we would win. And obviously our roster did as well because, yeah, they didn't look scared. And the number that sticks out most to me is the fact that we outscored them 23 to 14 in the fourth quarter. So we never we never let up. And I just love that because like you said, last year was a little bit of a weird ending and 
This year it was like, you know what, we're not going to let up at all and we're going to beat you, you know, by a few points, not just by one in your own house and we're going to do it in the fourth quarter. And what's crazy because this game was, it was, it was close the entire time. I think like the biggest lead of the entire game is when we were up seven. But considering that both teams were shooting horribly, like K-State actually ended, ended the game shooting 40%, which is really great considering how that entire four quarters went. And of course, Iowa was shooting 36% from the field. One point, because Obi, you talked about that run that they went on in the fourth quarter. At some point, we were down like five, I think, like five points, and it and we had plenty of time left. But being down five points felt like a lot, considering how hard it was to get the offense going, any sort of offense going for both teams, obviously. But it felt like if you were if you were down by anything like by anything more than than I don't know six points. It felt like, gosh, someone has to make a run. It would be a scoring drive of three minutes for whoever, for whoever, and it just seemed like it was going to be like that. So I did like I wasn't giving up hope, but I just know it was like the fourth quarter was like I don't know six minutes left, and we were down by five. And I'm like, I know it's just down by five, but considering how offense was so hard to come by, we were, and this is a team like we we would have been packing their butts up if we were able to make some easy layups that was really available to us. I mean, like, and Yoki, she finished the game with 22 points, 12 rebounds. I'm like, bro, that is that is not even her best night because she didn't miss some easy bunnip. It's not it's not even close. Like, and, and I always I talked about it before that it's going to be a slow start offensively to start the season. Talking because Coach Mitty has had to change his offense for the last three three seasons. It was first, like first season where he had all the pressure with the Glenn Twins and Serena Sundell, and your focal point was Yoki. That's when Yoki was getting triple guarded in the paint, and they were leaving the guards open to shoot a three, and they weren't shooting it. Obviously, offensive game plan is different then. Offensive game plan is going to be different last year because now there's Yo- no Yoki. Now you got to develop everybody else around you. Of course, you're getting Gabby Gregory, being literally the best player in the Big 12 and being our best paint presence <laughs> essentially because she's a post up because she's like a post up guard as well as a sharp shooter from behind the arc and now you have to go into this season to where now you have Yoki now you have Gabby Gregory and you, obviously you do have the Glenn Twins and Serena Sundell being a lot more confident with the ball in their hands right and being able to score so offensively all right it's the different game plan it's not it's not the same game plan as it was before in the season before that so I understand that it's going to be slow but I know that game against Iowa, it was there. They just weren't hitting any shots. Like the jump shots were there. The open layups were there. The close range shots were there. It was all there, but it just wasn't falling. I'm like, gosh, this is so frustrating because we know that we would really be whooping the behinds and it'd be even better than beating them already. That was by what? Seven. But I... I get it because offense is going to come. But you know what's already here is that K-State, in my mind, is the best defensive team in the country. Wow. Yeah. That, in my mind, they're literally one of the best defensive team in the country because, like, this is Iowa. Obviously, I know this is not the same. They're, they, they've lost a couple key players from last year, and last year they scored 83 points. And I think K-State scored 84. That's all you need was one more point. But – this was a team that they put up. They put up triple. I think they they put up triple digits. All I think already once or twice this season. It was against scrub teams. I understand, 
And then they put up 70, I want to say, against number five, Virginia Tech, literally like days before this game against K-State. This is like this this team can score. And obviously the majority of their scoring is it is uh, Caitlin Clark. And actually, now I think I think they scored they scored eighty points against yeah they scored eighty points against number five Virginia Tech and I looked at it Caitlin Clark had forty four of those eighty points <laughs> so when you are able to get Caitlin Clark with a really bad shooting night not because like it's just not her night that's because bro K State once again one of the best defensive teams in the country because who I thought I thought Jalen Glenn was gonna be stuck to her like glue. The entire night. That's what I thought. That's what I thought Jalen Glenn's role was gonna be because she's our best defensive player, right? But no, it was Ida Walker that was on Caitlin Clark's hip the entire night. I'm like, oh my god! Now this is unexpected, and I don't think Caitlin Clark expected that either. Oh no, I totally agree. And and you said it. Caitlin Clark was just locked up by our defense. She shot two for sixteen from three. She had the only two three point shots for Iowa. Um which speaks volumes to me that, you know, they can't shoot long range if they don't have Caitlin Clark, whereas we can dabble in our threes a little bit more. That makes us so much stronger than them. But 9 for 32 from the field is pretty poor, Jasmine. And it's so crazy that we had, yeah, different players on her and she just couldn't figure us out. And we were so dominant on defense all the time. But I thought that we looked excellent in this game and, and we made them very, very nervous. And it's obvious that they weren't comfortable playing in their in their own turf. And it's and this is wild to me because I, for okay, I could I could be totally wrong. I haven't talked to any Iowa coach because I I know I was, got the chance to talk with the Iowa head coach after halftime last year. Where I think they were up by like four, which was once again obviously another close game. I didn't get a talk chance to talk to anyone, you know, from Iowa now obviously, but it just seemed like they they felt like last year was a fluke and like they didn't fully pay attention to us again this year. I because like I, I I expected like Kaylin Clark to be the dog that she is, even though I still think she's one of them ones. Don't get me wrong now, but I expect her to have that memory of losing to us and being one of the only few teams to hold her under thirty. I expected to get her best shot. <laughs> I I truly did. I expect her to come at this team with everything she has because she's. I think she has that killer mentality. I truly, I'm not going to use this game and be like, oh, nope, she doesn't have it. No, I truly, because I've seen it. I've seen it, and that's what I expected. But now I'm like, wait, are they, are they, did they not take us seriously once again? Did they not think that we was going to play, that we was going to be up like this? Like, we'd like, because they, they thought they might score 80, 83 points again on us. Even though they're, like, Casey was a fairly good defensive team last year, but obviously they didn't have Yoki. But now I'm like, are are like how they running the offense? How they doing other stuff? I'm like, sorry, I'm not taking us seriously. <laughs> it seemed like only one team was ready that night, and it was the team in gray and purple. That was it. Yeah, that's so true. And I mean, Caitlin Clark is a very, very good basketball player, but she did not look it, and that was as a result of Kansas State and how they played them. And I just love this roster this year. And obviously, like you said, we had pieces two years ago we had pieces last year and it feels like our starting five is coming together but even more so there are bench players that are contributing so well in some exciting ones that we've never seen we've never seen Taryn side she's a freshman we've never seen Ziona Walker she's a freshman Gisela Sanchez was hurt last year and all three of them have impressed me so much and that's what's really building to this super successful team you can have a great starting five 
But then also these bench players and what Jeff Mitty is doing and his staff is just creating such an excellent basketball team on both sides of the ball. And I'm just, I'm so excited to see us get into that Big 12 play even because we have a team of competitors and I think we can go a really, really long way this season. And honestly, because, and Sophie, you mentioned it earlier how like this team, they walked up in Iowa City with literally no fear. But there's there's one thing that is going to play in my mind over and over again. Because And you brought up Taryn's sides. Did you see that logo pull up three? I already knew what you're gonna say. <laughs> By God, it was at, it was after Caitlin Clark had already scored. I the Iowa crowd was getting back into it. She did dribble, took the ball up the floor, pull up, drained it, and said, "Shut the hell up." I know she didn't say that, but it, to me, I'm like, she pretty much was like, "Shut the hell up." <laughs> like, what are you doing? I'm like, bro, you pull it up from the logo on Kaylin Clark's house. One who she she does that. Kaylin Clark is the one who be pulling up from deep. She the one that be pulling up from the parking lot and draining these logo threes. And you go ahead and do it in front of her. In pressure her town. Like as a freshman. Like yeah. so freshman. She was up at Philip Burke High School doing the damn thing. Just one right here. I'm like, what the hell you mean? That is the most disrespectful mess I've ever seen. And I loved every damn second of it. I'm like, oh my God, she one of the ones. She is one of the ones. And that got me so damn hyped. That got me so excited. I'm like, like if she's able to do this, what else What else we got? I was telling you, what else we got? Yeah. Nobody's scared of nothing. Because Diana Walker, she's putting up clamps. I know, I know every now and again, Kaylin got her bucket. Okay, but that's some like that's just like tough offense. Like we talked about, Kayla Clark is who she is. She's one of the ones. But I'm like every every possession, every like they're not switching. See, like see, it's not switching. You gonna bring them bring however many screens you want to you want. Savannah's gonna be on on you like white on rice on a paper plate in a snowstorm. And that's exactly what she was. My God, my God. Yeah, and it. So Taryn Sides is really exciting because obviously she's local. She's from Kansas, but she played for a 3A school, which I think is a little bit fun. That's a pretty small school relatively. And so for her to come in, have this success and not have any fear and be able to shoot threes like that and get the green light from Jeff Mitty, even that's even better. Um, and Zion Walker, I just really enjoy watching her play basketball. And you can look at all the stats you want to, um, but I love basketball. And so when I watch players, it's so fascinating to me. And Zayana Walker and Gisela Sanchez are so much fun to watch. Their fluency on the court, just the way that they move. And Zayana's feet are so clean on defense. She plays everything with her feet. And that's why she was able to lock Caitlin Clark up. And it, I just highly recommend, if you can, watch this team. Because if you want to see fun basketball and true basketball players, this is the group to watch. They're they're just so much so much fun to watch, so technically skilled. And I've enjoyed it this year so far. And I like it. I'm glad you're bringing it up, Sanchez, because we didn't we didn't get to see her because last year she was hurt. Bro, she has she has a she has a pretty jumper. She has, like oh, she hasn't actually like found her shot just yet. But I'm like, bro, she she's got it. She has she has such a beautiful jump shot. It just hasn't found the bottom of the net like a majority of K State's often so far this year. But what like once she gets that mid range going. You're not going to be able to stop her. Like this is someone who can, who could average double digits a game. Yeah, like I know she like it depends. Like obviously with the minutes and everything, because she's going to be 
technically like, you know, the second big off the bench and, you know, playing the floor every now and again as well. But like, she's the one that she can really stretch the floor out of. That's how many wants to play for it to switch, to switch up things against the opposing team. You put, you put, uh, you put Sanchez out there. You ever put it like in a zone and she's going to be hitting that jump, like that jumper from the free throw line with ease. Cause we know it's there. We know she has that in her bag. It's just how ha- it just hasn't fallen quite yet. And I'm thinking, I'm like, man, there is, there is nothing this team is not showing me that makes me think that they are not going to win the Big 12 or at least have a really, really good opportunity to do so. Like, and I'm like, you know, I ain't even talked about Gabby yet. Gabby started up has, has started off this season fairly slow. Like she she led the Big 12 in scoring last year. She's literally, I like I, I, I say this a lot, but she's one of the ones. And she was having a really tough shooting night against Iowa, like horrible shooting night like this is uncharacteristic like the year prior she had she had 24 points uh against against Iowa and she was ended up hitting enough some clutch free throws to to pretty much be able to seal the game for us and of course her defense at the end of it and this game in particular with Iowa like I know she wasn't she wasn't always there when you called but damn it she was always on time like she like she had an and one she unfortunately missed the free throw but still getting those two points in a game where offense was hard to come by she was able to drain a three, and then in the final minute of the game, end of the shot clock, like, Iowa was, you know, mixing some things up and started playing a 2-3 zone. She stopped in the middle of the zone, turned around, pull up from the free throw line to sink it. I'm like, oh, this is like, I know, I'm like, I got, I got, I'm trusting Gabby. I don't care if she goes like 0 for 12. You put her in that situation, she, she gonna do what she do. She gonna do what she do, and that's gonna be able to put you in a position to win a damn game. And that's what she did. Right. And she's one of those players that you can always trust her situationally, but really any of these players, because we played eight players at Iowa and all of them scored. And that to me speaks volumes. And, you know, he's played a lot of players in some of these non-conference games that aren't competitive, um, obviously to just get some experience. But in Iowa, he knew he needed to lock down the players he can rely on. And he found those eight and everyone scoring is a huge, huge deal. And to me, what makes it most beneficial is the way that these players move when they don't have the basketball. They're opening that floor up, and there's just so many opportunities for players to drive in, to step back and shoot the three because, again, we're good at long range. And so the way they're moving without the basketball is creating so many opportunities offensively for them, and it's really it's interesting to watch, honestly, and, and just like by the playbook. I love what they're doing, both the players and then Jeff Mitty with what he's creating there. And it's, it's literally, it is incredible to see because Coach Mitty talked about that this literally might be his, his best roster since becoming a, a, a head coach at K-State. And it's hard to see, obviously, like, who, like, who am I to say that he's wrong? But I'm literally, like, I'm looking at it on paper. I'm looking at it on my damn TV. I'm like, this is, this is, this is the one that will, like, is going to get them places. Like, this is, this is literally the roster that they have, obviously, with, Santa Walker with Terrence Sides, obviously, and then them just being freshmen and how they're going to build off from that as well in the future. Like this, this is insane, and this is, and to stay on this game with uh, with Iowa before we move briefly on to Wisconsin, this was a game where, like, bro, I'm not even gonna lie, a lot of things are going against them. <laughs> like I, like so, I know, I know you noticed when you were watching the game, like, bro, the officiating was booty. 
<laughs> like it was probably one of the worst officiated games I think I've ever seen. And that's kind of, and that's saying a lot considering we are in the Big Twelve and Big Twelve refs have a reputation. <laughs> like, yeah. they, like that is literally saying a lot. There is a what ton of moving screens from Iowa that was never called, but of course you call a moving screen on Sanchez, whatever. And then whatever weird. Okay, it was weird. It was what was it? Was it the end of the half? I think it was at the no. I think it was the end of the second quarter, going into half, where it was a shot clock violation with against Iowa. I I, I hopefully I'm, this is the right this is the right quarter. The end of the second quarter, it was a shot clock violation. Uh, and it looked like they were about to let it count. I was like, I will lose my damn mind if y'all count this basket for Iowa when clearly the ball was still in their hand. They were about they were about to let it go too, and then they checked it out, and they're like, okay, obviously that it was shot clock violation. But there was like seven seconds left in the quarter for and K-State had the ball, and they just decided to, all right, that's the end of the quarter. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, like, so you remember the moment that I'm talking about? Yeah, that, that they just randomly did that. I'm like, what are for, for what? And this is a game that's just been horribly called the entire time. Like, I don't. But it just was like, what are you doing? This was seven seconds. I don't know if we would have scored because offense was you know tough. But damn it, we could have. <laughs> I was in a close game like this that was close the entire time. Nobody pulled away. You gonna take off seven seconds and just be like, "All right, quarter's done." What the hell do you mean the quarter's done? That's just some bull jive coming from the officiating in this game. So it was terrible. My God. Yeah, it it wasn't great. And I try not to, you know, look at the officiating too much. It's easy to get frustrated with it, but I never want to be that fan that's like, "Oh, we lost because of the officiating." But I look at this game and I'm like, we won despite the officiating because it didn't go our way and and we still pulled it out. So Iowa can blame it on the refs, which I like because that drives me crazy when fans blame their losses on the refs. Iowa cannot do that. They can't justify that reasoning. And again, seven seconds is a really, really long time. You can get a lot of looks in seven seconds. So I don't know what happened there, but in a high-level game like this, and like you said, a close game, Calls like that just really shouldn't be happening. There's no excuse for for the officiating that happened that night. It was my god. It was like you're getting like phantom calls. I I know there was another one where I think Serena was bringing up the ball, and you know she was she was doing this. She was you know like carting the ball as she's dribbling up the floor, and she didn't extend her arm. She didn't do none of that. But they called an offensive foul on Serena, and Coach Me was just absolutely livid and even you heard the announcers are like oh yeah that's a that's yeah that's a tough call and then, there, and then like immediately after that there was another call on Jalen Glenn which was literally nothing on Caitlin Clark and she was like oh my god what do you mean and then you had quick whistles against Yoki I'm like she was in foul trouble that's why this was not really her best game I was like obviously she missed some close shots at the rim but also she was in foul trouble really early on and like to start the game I'm like what do you how is anyone supposed to play defense with you calling it like this and not calling it the same way on the other end? I don't, I really don't understand it. But you're right, Sophie. Iowa can't blame the refs for this one because every single turn, the the ones in the zebra shirts was literally helping them out. 
They saw K-State do the few runs that they did. They were like, okay, we won't have to cut this mess out. Okay, I'm making all this. You're like, what do you mean? What do you mean? They tried it. They really tried it. And it still and it still wasn't nothing because you can play the refs all you want, but you still shooting 39 or 36% from the field. And literally, I don't even know how like a percent this is, but it is 0. 0.095 from three. Y'all shot a lot of threes, only made two of them. Yeah, that's, that's what nine percent for that. Yeah, I think that's nine percent. I mean, that's that's bad. So that's like if you take a hundred shots, you make nine. <laughs> in numbers, we're well, a new mathematician, but that that's not a great number. Not super strong. No, that sucks. They sucks. I don't like. I don't know how how well they are in other in other games with other teams from the three point line. I know it's probably not that damn bad, but once again, <laughs> speaking. To K-State being one of the best defensive teams in the country. Because you can't look and you're not just going to push away this win. You're really not. You're not going to just, okay, you know, whatever. It's not the same Iowa team. Like, this is still Caitlin Clark. This is still, this is someone who literally averages over 30 points a game. And this is the one who was literally tearing up the entire tournament last year on their way to the national championship game. Where I was even like, hey, yo, Kaylin Clark averaging like 36 points a game in this tournament. And I even tweeted out like, you know, K-State only held her to 27. And 11 of those 27 came from the free throw line. I was like, popping my collar a bit. I'm like, hey, how can we do better than that? We did do better than that. We did. <laughs> this time was 24, 24 points. I mean, she like we like we made oh like we made a really generational basketball player just look like a really good basketball player. <laughs> Once again, does speak to Kaylin Clark because you know you get a person like I get a player that you know scoring twenty four a night. That's a really good player, obviously. When when it's Kaylin Clark who just be just be killing people on the floor like that, that's incredible. It's just yeah and and i'll think back to that every single time i watch her every single time i see a highlight something on espn about caitlin clark i'm just going to think in my head that's right but do you remember what k-state did to her and that just that feels good and it's going to be she's going to be a great player this season and this is one of those wins that is going to look so good on that resume come time you know for tournament time it's it, k-state did themselves a huge favor with this win and i don't even think we realize how much so yet until we get further in the season? I mean, I that's it's just the start of something new. This is obviously I know we did it again, <laughs> again, but the results towards the end of the season last year and then the end of the season this year, I think are going to be two very different things. And okay. how it's starting out is just going to be putting a huge smile on my face. But then. <laughs> That's going to that's gonna be it for us. I know we talked a lot. I know I said we get into Wisconsin, and literally they they packed, they packed them up. Wisconsin was not good. They packed them up 75 to 57. Uh, they, they didn't really, like, our team, like, didn't, players didn't, like, really score, like, a whole bunch. Yoki had 20. Uh, Glenn Twins both had 11 points. You know, it was literally a team effort. Packed their behinds up quickly, and now on to, I think, what is, I don't know who they have next. I think they have a tournament in Florida. Either way, it's just more opportunities for them to solidify themselves as being one of those teams you need to look out for. Already hit the AP poll ranks number sixteen this week, and we expect that we ex- we expect them to be in a very very good position 
for the remainder of the year. God willing, everybody stays healthy. But that's all we got for running back. Sophie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Sophie, you have your own radio show. If I do recall that, come on Tuesdays, let everybody know. Yeah, so I host Beyond the Score on Wildcat 91.9. It's at 6 p.m. Central Time every Tuesday, so make sure you tune into that. We have an app, and you can also find us on the web, and we talk all things K-State sports, so we'd love to have you guys over there. And thanks for having me tonight, Jasmine. I love this. Of course, any time, everyone, please hit up Sophie's show on Wildcat 91.9 on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. And, of course, you can check back with me next week for a run it back this has been it on the kansas city sports network we'll see y'all when we see y'all thank you for listening to kc sports network we appreciate your support don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard you can find all six of our channels covering the chiefs royals sporting kc and the kc current plus ku k-state or mizzou by searching kcsn wherever you listen to podcasts We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.